It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And Jill, do you have a hankering for some apples? Because it's apple season. It absolutely is. And yes, I do. I love apple season. Maybe it's because it comes around the time of my birthday. Oh, happy birthday to you. This podcast will air two days before my birthday, the original airing date. Then let me be the first to wish you. Thank you very much. Well, anyway, I had a hankering for apples. And actually, since, as you know, one of my many jobs, along with podcast empire coordinator, is rowing coach. Mm-hmm. And on the first day, perhaps, of one of our team's rowing days, you were in a carpool and you stopped at... That's right. I stopped at the farm stand to get the apple cider donuts. It's like a mark of the of the new season for me. Yes. And for me, it began a desire for apple cider donuts. But as you know, it's very hard to find gluten-free apple cider donuts. So I would imagine that would be tricky. So I thought to myself, self, how about an apple cider donut for Cookie Lab? But this is not Donut Lab, although That's right. it although, should be. Although. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe we'll have a spinoff uh, called Donut Lab, but we have Cookie Lab right now. And so I said, well, you must be able to make an apple cider donut cookie. I think you can make an anything cookie if you put your mind to it. And so I did. I put my mind to it and my fingers to the internet. And I came up with a recipe that looked like it would work from stephaniessweettreats.com. So I pretty much followed her recipe and I made some apple cider donuts. And in the process... Donut cookies. Donut cookies, yes. Are they round with a hole in the middle? No holes, no holes. They just, I hope, and I will have to, you will have to be the judge because you, uh, I haven't tasted... I remember the last time that I tasted an apple cider donut. I rode my bicycle with my youngest son over to one of the orchards that's near us. And we picked up some apple cider donuts, stood in line for a long time, Mm -hmm. uh, fresh out of the donut maker. And uh, they came in that white bag. Mm-hmm. And they were still warm. Hot, I love it. Enjoyed the apple cider donuts. That was several years ago. So you've had them more uh, recently, and I'm going to rely on you to tell me if these are an accurate representation. Okay. But before we taste them, you know, I was doing some research because I like to have a little Naturally. story that goes along with my cookie because that is the idea. Every cookie has a story. That could be our new tagline. Oh, I love that. We need another tagline. Has a story. And I also look up the science, right? So I'm looking up stories about apple cider, apple cider donuts, apple cider... And everything keeps coming up hard cider. Like an alcoholic beverage? Yeah, yeah. And later in the cookie lab, I will tell you why I learned this. But I did find 
that there is surprisingly a start date to the apple cider donut. Okay. Let's let's I would like to know about it. Well, yeah, let's hear it. Did you know that the apple cider donut was not around until the early 1950s? Mm, that sounds kind of surprising. It seems like something that people in this neck of the woods would have been doing all the way back in colonial times because uh, they had apples. Yeah. They the, they were they had um probably the means to make a hot, you know, something to fry fried, something in. Fried cake, sure, some lard. Well, we can thank the Donut Corporation of America. <laughs> That's not what it's called. Yeah, it is. Seriously. The Donut Corporation of America? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can't not, make this stuff up, listeners. No, not much is known about the DCA, as we like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Other than it was founded in 1920 by Adolf Levitt. Uh, who was an, a Russian immigrant living in New York City. And New York City? <laughs> yeah. And according to Glazed America, A History of Donuts, Levitt bought a chain of New York bakeries in 1916. And he was impressed by American soldiers' fondness for fried rings of flavored dough. And so he began developing a machine... Was that something that they had sampled when they were fighting in a foreign land? Yeah, in World War One. So he created the first donut machine and he had it in the front of his store and, and it took off like hotcakes. Oh, if you will. Yeah. In 1951, the New York Times had an article that said a new type of product the sweet cider donut will be introduced by the Donut oh Corporation of America. You got, you got like before it even was invented. There's a newspaper date of it. That's amazing. Isn't that exciting? In its 23rd annual campaign this fall to increase donut sales, the new item is a spicy round cake that is expected to have a natural fall appeal. So this isn't the invention of the donut. This is the invention of the apple cider donut. The apple cider donut. Because when you first mentioned the date and, um, and the donut machine, I immediately thought of, do you know the story Homer Price? No. Homer Price is a kid's novel about a boy. And it's by Robert McCluskey, who's the main sure. boy for Ducklings guy. Um, but it was published in 1943, and there's a, an iconic scene in which a lady has lost her diamond bracelet in the bakery where they're making donuts. Yeah. So they have to eat like, hundreds of donuts to oh, find the to bracelet. Find her, uh... And I knew that that story is older than the dates you're yeah. you're mentioning now. But I'm realizing that you're talking specifically about the fabulous fall flavor apple cider donut invented in New York City. By the Donut Corporation of America. Amazing. Isn't that incredible? I would have thought Vermont or or Massachusetts sure. itself. But no. Right, right here. No. So thank you to Adolph Levitt and uh, the Donut Corporation of America for the apple cider donut and all the New England farms that now make them themselves. Thank you to Stephanie's Sweet Treats 
for, yeah. for the recipe for the apple cider donut cookies. And I have to say, I was worried about this recipe from the get-go because it's our first, first recipe I've used that used melted butter mm, mm-hmm. instead of anything else. And you didn't really cream it with the sugars and everything for very long. It was, There was no creaming going on. You just mixed the wet ingredients together. And then you added the dry ingredients, mixed it a little which bit more. Which kind of like cornbread, like a quick bread, which doesn't surprise me based on, you know, what... I mean, a donut is kind of like a muffin, right? Mm, maybe. Similar. But in the gluten-free world, there's no gluten to really form the matrix that we want in this. So I was worried that uh, it wasn't going to, it was just going to turn out as a flat mess. But it didn't. No, it looks attractive. And there's also, so there's cider in there. And you had to mm, reduce, yeah. you had to reduce the cider from Ooh, a, a reduction, a cup to a, a quarter of a cup to really make that flavor stand out and there's applesauce in there uh mm. which i thought was just gonna make it mushier and wetter and spread more but it it didn't i was pleasantly surprised yes i'm looking at your cookie here now and it looks like a perfect in in terms of shape it looks like a chocolate chip cookie like the bottom is perfectly flat mm-hmm. the cookie itself like rises up you know however much that is half an inch or something sure it's not like a, it's not like a spread out chewy ginger molasses thing it looks like it's got some body to it and yeah I, i'm also admiring the cinnamon sugar sprinkly coating which looks exactly like what's on the outside of the cider donuts so once your cookie was made then you take more and we're using browned butter which is always fun and exciting so mm. you take more browned butter and you brush it on top of the cooled cookie and mm. then you dunk that cookie in cinnamon sugar. Well, it's it's definitely very special. It doesn't look it does not look like you just went around and did sprinkle sprinkle with yeah. your fingers. I can see that yeah. there was some technique involved. All right. So now uh, we shall practice our technique of eating. Oh, yum. Thanks. I can't wait. Here we go. Okay. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. <laughs> mm, I can taste the apple. Just to bite into it. This is amazing. It is an apple cider donut in the form of a cookie. Hey! You bite into it and there's like this littlest crispness on the outside, but immediately your teeth sink into it. Mm-hmm. This is sorcery. It's good. It, it works for you for an apple cider donut. Wow. <laughs> I can't even believe my taste buds. I am so satisfied. This is like when you eat the buttered popcorn flavored jelly belly jelly bean. Yeah. And you're like, how can this be? It's a jelly bean, but it tastes, I feel like I'm at the movie theater with the popcorn. And now you feel like you're in an apple orchard surrounded mm-hmm. by freshly picked apples. And you have mm-hmm. that delicious aroma when you go back to the checkout area of the apple cider donuts. Very pleased. One of my top cookies. This is a triumph. I'm impressed. Now, Stephanie Sweet Treats suggests putting an apple glaze over this as well. I thought that was too much. 
And I knew... I mean, you could do that if you just felt like doing that, but if you wanted it to be like an apple cider donut, this is it. Right. Apple cider donuts don't have any glaze on it, so I didn't want to put a glaze on it. I just wanted to have something that tasted like an apple cider donut. So, very happy. And to all of our gluten-free friends, once again, all I did was substitute Bob's Red Mill gluten-free flour. I can't even believe it. I mean, and, the inside of it is like the texture of a donut. It's unbelievable. And I refrigerated this for about 15 or 20 minutes and um, is that going to be in the recipe when you post it in the facebook group what do you think should i should i add it in there yeah if you want the cookies to come out right it's my then secret yeah. i'll put it in yeah share the knowledge yeah so i think that was key to doing it as well because well, to what do you attribute that texture oh you know i think that it is the applesauce and the mm. egg and the it did use baking soda and baking powder Okay, so you've got your delicious kind of liquidy, mushy things, and then you're leavening to make it, to save it from just being a blob. Yeah, worked out nicely. Congratulations. So how about some science now? I'll just sit back with a with my full belly and enjoy the science. <laughs> so here we go. Let's see. Well, first of all, cider, as I teased at the beginning of the show, if you Google cider... Most of the websites that you see, apple cider, are going to be for what we in New England call hard cider. Which, like, it's super trendy. Everybody's making different hard ciders nowadays. But I've also, made hard cider. Can I just point out that it's almost like redundancy because cider is like hard apple juice. Do you know what I'm saying? Cider is already hard. You would think that, but no, Jill, it's not. <gasps> oh my goodness. Lots of states have different specifications around foods, and the Massachusetts Department of Agricultural Resources specifies that fresh cider is raw apple juice that has not undergone a filtration process to remove coarse particles of pulp or sediment. Apple juice is juice that's been filtered to remove solids and pasteurized so that it will stay fresh longer. Fresh apple cider is just apple juice that hasn't been filtered. Yes. Or pasteurized. Exactly. It's not necessarily fermented in any way. Okay. It will ferment. Consider me schooled. It will ferment quickly. Yeah. When we're talking about cider, that opaque, highly perishable apple drink is probably what most New Englanders think of as apple cider and probably yeah. what most Americans think of as apple cider. If somebody says apple cider and you happen to be in London, you're going to think of the hard the cider. Alcoholic the drink. alcoholic drink, yeah. right? Now, have you ever seen Martinelli's apple juice? Um, I get the Martinelli sparkling cider for my children if we're having a very special occasion. So it's, you know, it seems like a fancy drink they can do cheers with. Yeah, that's apple juice that has had carbon dioxide pumped into it in pressure. Yeah. And that's sparkling. sparkling. Right. So Martinelli, they use cider solely for a marketing purpose. If you buy a jug of Martinelli cider, it is exactly the same as their apple juice. So you're not talking about the fancy sparkling that comes in like a champagne-like bottle. They sell a product that they call Martinelli Cider, and it's yeah. apple juice? And it's the same thing as their apple juice. It has been filtered, solids have been removed, and it's pasteurized. They say some consumers simply prefer the traditional name for apple juice. Okay. 
<laughs> so there's no way of knowing whether you're getting apple juice or cider. Because it's apparently the Wild West and you can call things whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you're in Massachusetts, then there's a law. Well, have you ever opened your lunchbox to discover that your lovely apple that you sliced in the morning now appears unsightly and brown? I have known my entire life that if you don't want your sliced apples to turn brown, you have to squirt lemon juice on them. Right. Yes. But do you know why you have to do that? Something to do with oxygen? It does. Yes. It's a phenomena that is due to a chain of biochemical reactions known as enzymatic browning. That's a fancy word. It is. when uh, So the apple considers any cut into it an injury. It's a wound and it yes. must heal itself. Yes, the plant tissue is exposed to oxygen. And this releases an enzyme known as PPO, or poly, <laughs> polyphenol oxidase. <laughs> Guess what that does? Wait for it. Polyphenol oxidase. It oxidizes polyphenols in the apple's flesh. Which you is, said PP. <laughs> you can't get over that. <laughs> <laughs> so this makes a new chemical called oquinones which react with amino acids to produce a brown-colored melanins. I think I was with you until the oquinones, and now it sounds like you're just making it up. Right? I could be. I'm just, I'm just saying different words. Different apples contain different amounts of the PPO, and they brown at different rates. So we could actually do a little scientific experiment where we take all kinds of different apples and we cut them and we expose them to air and see how long they take to brown but if you've ever done like a macintosh apple versus a granny smith apple the granny smith oxidizes a lot slower and that's because it releases a different amount of these ppos fascinating <laughs> So I think I've almost lost you and our uh, one listener. So we will go back to planning what we are going to eat next week. And do you know what goes really well with a cider donut cookie? I know it goes really well with a cider donut, which is what I buy when I buy the white sack of cider donuts, which is a cup of coffee. Yes. A yes. Wouldn't you love a cup of coffee to go with this? I sure would, but, Chris. But what happens if you're not near a Dunkin's or you're not near a Starbucks or the place that you bought your cider donut cookie doesn't have one well i have a solution for you well good because that was i was starting to get worried yeah and uh what i want you to do jill is i want you to keep your paws off of my cookies no okay okay <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting to get looks like you got it in well done <laughs> until next week when i will share with you the solution to being without a cup of coffee. Okay, you're going to solve it all. I love it. I will. All right. And until then. I'm waving. Bye. Every, remember, every cookie has a story, and I'll have another one for you next week. People, I have the, I have the best job in the world. <laughs> Just get to eat Chris's cookies. See you next week. <laughs> 
It's Cookie Lab.